0: Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Robots Radio presents... The Cyberpunk Lorecast. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. Hey there, cyberpunks. Welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. That air drumming means it's time for another episode. And I'm your host, Tom, or Robots, here, as usual, with my co-host Logan, Captain Logan. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good on this Pirate Day, actually. Pie, it's just pie day. Pie, pirate, pirate Day. Pirate mm-hmm. Day. Pirate. I see. What it's, it, it works. It works. No, I'm doing good. I'm having a, a really good time. Um, I am. Everyone really seemed to like the uh, the Goro episode last week. Uh, I hit you up, and I was like, I think it's time to uh, to talk about some of the ladies. In the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a physical bat here, but I got the horny bat ready for any of you guys.
0: (laughs) This is what he sent me this week. Every week we kind of message each other at some point during the week. And we're just like, what do you want to talk about? Or here's an idea. And this week he was like, let's talk about Pan Am. And they sent me the horny bat, uh, gift. So clearly, uh, she's, she, you were a male V and she was on your, uh, radar. I guess we should say.
1: Yeah. Radar. Yeah. Yeah. We are right. And it's funny too, because like in the beginning of the, of the game, you first meet like Evelyn and Judy and everyone's just like, oh my God, Evelyn, Judy, oh my God. And then you mm-hmm. you listen later on after, like after half a week has gone by and everyone's like, oh my God, have you run into Pan Am? And <laughs> right, I was just like, really who's Pan Am? Huh? Who's this Pan Am? Everyone's talking about Pan Am. And then I finally got to Pan Am and I was like, oh, I get it. Oh. I see. Oh, she. OK, so we're we're going to we're going to get into this. We're
0: we're not just going to talk about that one aspect. We're going to talk a lot about lots of aspects of her character. Um, first, we're going to kind of go over just a brief summary of what happens, how you interact with her, how you meet, meet her, who she is. And then we're going to get into some of our perspectives on her specifically when it comes to not just the relationship stuff, but her as an individual, her personality, connections to the nomad tribe she's a part of even her potential for leadership, which was brought up in our kind of pre-show chat. Um, so Thana Toasted had a question about that. So we're, we're gonna address a lot of stuff around her. Um, and we even talked during the pre-show about potentially doing, maybe next week, the Aldecaldos as a as an episode all unto themselves. So we're not gonna get too deep into the other characters and those kinds of things. So um, so let's get into this. Let's do the little recap thing. This comes from the uh, fandom.com wiki article, which sums this up pretty well. Pan Am Palmer was part of the Aldecaldos Nomad Tribe who had traveled to the Badlands outside Night City. Due to her rebellious attitude, she eventually left the tribe and went to Night City, working under the Fixer Rogue. She paired Pan Am and Nash Bane to work as a team, but left out that Nash was a Raffin Shiv. They worked together only a few gigs till Pan Am messed up on Rogue's last assignment after she was betrayed by Nash, who stole Pan Am's car and the merchandise they were supposed to deliver. This connects right into the stuff that you deal with in the game.
1: When local can we, can we oh, sure. pause on that, because yeah. I I think that's a great point to just kind of start this off. Like the way that we the way that we get introduced to Pan Am through Rogue was so interesting because it felt like to me, and and Maybe this is just strictly coming as like a male V perspective, uh, but it totally felt like in a rom-com, the, the meet cute moment where someone sets two people up, and has them meet up. And then that is like the the romance spark because they're they're pushed together at, against their their wills and they're forced to work together. And that's what pushes them together. You know, it's like that that moment where they're like, oh, I have to work with you. This right, sucks. Right. And then you come to find out you two really like each other, kind of moment. And I thought that was this was such a, a cool way to actually bring these two characters to your character and Pan M's character together. Um, but to also show just how like already you kind of already have like this weird sense of like, who the heck is pan M and if she's screwing up this bad, do I really want to to help? Like I have to get rogues help. Like rogue mm-hmm. is essential to, to you being able to to complete your main mission. So yeah. you need rogue. And the only way to do that is to help rogue first and rogue sets you on this path. But I don't think that rogue actually ever anticipated this working out. You? Huh? Interesting. Yeah, because there's there's kind of a mix of um,
0: I don't know what the best way to phrase this is. There's a, a mixed perspective on her right from the beginning that not she's capable. She's a badass, but she's in kind of a mess at the same time. Right. Yeah. There's this feeling of like, oh, Pan Am can do it, but you're going to have to deal with her. <laughs> it's like.
1: Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> like You really don't you really don't know if you want to go on this mission, but you know that the only way rogue's gonna help you is if you do. And then when you get there, you're like, what is it about this truck? Who are the what? Right. They stole a thing and I have to do what? Now? Yeah, you've got this like whole and thing that you are
0: like the you you are just like railroaded. Like she is very headstrong. She's a very headstrong mm-hmm. character. And she is all about like, listen, I'm gonna go do this thing and you're coming with me or I'm not helping you, is basically the the whole thing, right? And it's like, yeah, okay, okay, you know, and and the whole time I'm thinking, and, and this is one of the dilemmas of the game of like, my time is limited, <laughs> you know, like, I've got the chip in my yeah. brain, I don't know how long I'm going to live, and you need me to come help you on some extravagant side quest? Okay, yeah. alright. I think that's one of the um, uh, we can talk about this a little bit later in one of the news articles that came out that we'll, we'll address at the end of the show, but um Mm, totally one of the things that happens in games is this sense of like oh you have to do it the main quest is here go do 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 right like the world hinges on you getting this done as soon as you possibly can or your life hinges or somebody else's life right but then you constantly come across these other things and you're like ooh, that shiny thing over there i'm gonna go do that or this person really needs my help and it's like how did those two things fit together and this is another one of those instances where i was just like i really want to go help you do this i guess it's part of the main quest line so I think. So, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah, that was my whole perspective the first time I ran into it.
1: Yeah, and when you get there, it's, it is clear that she is seeing you at either the same level of respect that that she has for herself or like just slightly below it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she, she, she trusts herself to get whatever she has to get done. That's why she's not even like in the, Al, in the alcaldos at the moment, because she feels like she's a better leader. And if she's not going to be heard by the alcaldos, then she's going to break away from them and do her own her own gigs at this point, she's going to go become her own uh, solo at that point. So when she gets paired up with you, she's like, great. Another dude that has to tag along and screw things up for me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Don't get in my way. I'm getting my truck. If we get the supplies, cool, but I'm going to probably kill Nash. Just don't screw this up for me. And you're like, all right, I'm along for the ride. Cause rogue said I had to be, I'm here. <laughs> and then that's, that's that moment where you're like, She's kind of awesome. And I like this. Yeah. What's, yeah. What's going
0: on? <laughs> right. And and so, OK, so from different perspectives here, your your main playthrough, you were at least well, let's just talk first playthroughs. First time you got to this, you were male V. I was female V when I first got to her, so I didn't have that perspective necessarily of a potential romantic partner. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, as I got to know her, I definitely tried that. Like, I tried the conversation stuff that was like, "Well, maybe, maybe there's a little bit more going on here because you're pretty cool, right?" I thought, "Okay, well, yeah. maybe she's into the ladies." I don't know. Nope, not into the ladies. She's like, she was very politely like, "Yeah, nope, we're not going there." But thanks. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." Um, but that wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't my main uh, perspective on her initially was as like a, a potential romantic option. Um, she is very. Uh, she's very hard headed. She's very driven, but she's also kind of a mess. Like you can see that. Like she's burned bridges. She's, she's kind of like, like people care about her. They love her. They want to protect her, her friends from the, you know, the nomad tribe that are still her friends are there for her, but they have boundaries. It's like everybody has learned to, accept her for where she who she is and then also kind of at the same time keep a certain distance does that make sense
1: totally it does this reminds me of a past
0: relationship that i had that it was very i'm not going to go into details of this but that that feeling of like uh you're you're very capable but you're also very high maintenance
1: so well what's okay keep you at a friendly distance here's the perspective that i think i would i want to pose out there cuz you're it we're kind of painting her into, into a corner i i feel like she has the greatest intentions but she's always kind of pushing for the short term goal in in what she does and and because of that she she's so headstrong that she thinks that what she's doing is always the right thing to do right and I, I I remember when it first started, it always kind of felt like she was taking. And mm-hmm. with the Eldocados, with nomads, you can't just take, like you can take a night city, but with the Eldocados, with the, with nomad tribes, you have to give. It's about being and part of never, the collective. Yeah exactly so i never i never got that sense from her i never understood like what was she giving to the aldocados like she was picking up jobs and she wanted to get tech to sell it and stuff but at the same time it felt like that was on her terms whereas saul Mm -hmm. uh who's who is the leader of the aldocados always looked at things from a very tribalistic perspective uh, if we had to go do something, it had to be for the betterment of the tribe. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be a personal gain. Whereas with with Panem, it always felt like there was a bit of a of a, of a personal thing that was going on with what she was doing. Uh, when you go out on missions, like to get this first mission, exactly from Rogue, yeah. like they lost a shipment to the Raffin Shiv. They knew they had to go get that shipment, but her goal was to take care of Nash and to get her truck back even though it was she's trying to do a mea culpa for rogue at this point she's trying to apologize and get the shipment back right right she wants her cake and to eat it too yes and she's she's going she's it.
0: going like yeah i know i have to do this thing for rogue yeah i mean i messed up and i need to make up for it but you know like hell will freeze over before i give up getting my truck also <laughs> you know like yeah. like i'm going to do this too no matter what yeah. um almost to the point where she would be willing to lose out on you know the mea culpa on on being able to make up for her, her misgivings if she can still get the stuff that she really does care about
1: yeah and and you can sense that too so when you get down to that mission and you actually complete it she calls up rogue and she's like hey i got your shipment i hope you're happy and rogue's like bitch do you know who i am (laughs) <laughs> like that was just a, that was me trying to send you to send a message that, that I didn't care about that shipment. I was just trying to get back at you for screwing it up the first time. Right. And, and M is just like, oh, I, uh, she's just kind of like, wow, whatever. Okay. That's fine and it was it was so interesting. I do have one question for you though, um mm. which I wanted to ask earlier, but we we got on a good conversation.
0: No, it's it's fine. this This conversation is just kind of flowing. So I hope I, I I'm there's the part of me in the back of my mind that's going like, I hope people are following who have played through this. I feel like we need to go back and just kind of oh, recap yeah. some more of this yeah. stuff just in case people need some of that recap. But go ahead and ask the question.
1: okay, so yeah, I definitely you, you bring up a good point. I did want to ask though, um when when the game started out, I didn't. Really care too much about like what I had on me. Like guns would go, clothing would go, didn't matter. I was just grabbing whatever was what cars. I would steal one if I wanted to. It wasn't until I got out into the badlands that I did the mission with Panem and she was speaking so highly of her truck Mm. and it wasn't until I met her and I started to see like how the, how the Aldocados and the Raffin Shiv treat their vehicles that I really got a sense of like, I care about vehicles. So mm. did you feel any of that when you were playing through? Like, did you have an appreciation for the vehicles before you jumped into that, that quest chain? I don't think so
0: because I think the game doesn't allow me to make them my own enough. Mm. Yeah. I think if I had the ability to buy a vehicle, upgrade it tweak it out paint it whatever make it my own then i would feel more towards that in fact i've i've avoided buying many of the vehicles because i was just like what's the what's the point like Mm -hmm. is it going to get me from one place to another faster that one's not uh is it like i don't have i don't have a functional need for it um so yeah so therefore not really uh which which made me feel a little bit like I don't know, jealous of the fact that she had a cool, you know, tricked out vehicle that was hers, that she clearly had worked on and customized in her own way. I, I, I want yeah. that. I want like, and we've talked about that before, like uh, hopefully they will add this kind of stuff to the game as it as it eventually evolves into more of a multiplayer thing. Um, but yeah, totally. like I want to trick out my, I want to, I want my body to be as customized as possible and, and to change it when I want to change it. I want my vehicles to be customized. I want my weapons to be customized. I want a home that I can customize. I want I want to make my character and live in this world in a way that I feel like is me, or at least yeah. is the character that I'm role playing as. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, well, here, let's let's get back into the the recap so yeah. that we can kind of get people on track with us in case we jumped over anything that they need to you know recap about. Um, when local Merc V was looking for ways to find Anders Hellman, you guys remember Anders Hellman whose AV was assumed would pass across the Badlands. Rogue provided V with the information he needed about the target and also gave them Pan Am's contact as she would be the one to help V get Hellman. After meeting with Pan Am and confirming she knew the area well, both agreed to help each other in the spirit of trading favors. In In spite of both leaving the Aldecaldos and being in a persistent conflict with her leader, Saul, Pan Am maintained strong relations with the Aldecaldos and through dialogue, revealed that she made the decision to leave as opposed to being shunned as initially implied. Though she can be quick to temper and seems keenly, keenly motivated by karmic balance, her primary interest was the well being of the tribe for whom she was fiercely focused on making life both easier and safer. So I think that this is also an interesting perspective on her is that part of what she's upset about and the fact that she um, has broken away from them is she believes that the decisions being made by Saul are ultimately the wrong decisions for the group, even though they're not the things that yeah. she th- like, there is the side of it of like, she believes she knows what's best and they're not doing what's best. I think that there's that element of she doesn't want to be involved with doing things will that will eventually lead the group to its demise. So she would rather leave than contribute to running it into the ground. Get that totally.
1: sense and and that oh yeah and and i think that was the i think that was the interesting thing where it's it's hard to know like and because you meet pan Am first and it's such a bummer because you i feel like if maybe if we had met saul first uh then we might have a better a better kind of equilibrium between like who's actually right in this scenario because they mm-hmm. they touched it in the in the review but it really is kind of hard to know like whose ideas are better for the the group you you kind of get introduced to M and you build that that bond so you're already kind of like on her she side is your way right yeah you're on her side so it's like I kind of agree with how Saul's approaching things like it would be better to steal some of this tech and sell it off. To get some money for the the clan because right now they need the money, but at the same time you kind of have to follow Penm because that's where the story is leading you, mm-hmm. and she's the one that's going to be helping you get Hellman, and Hellman's the one that's going to have the information about the relic and hopefully how to get it out of your your head. So it yeah, like, makes great mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> What do you mean by that? I don't follow. Hellman's mayonnaise. That's a mayonnaise oh brand. Oh my god. Oh my god. I didn't even
0: <laughs> You're like what? You're so deep into the game that the joke just didn't register. Oh <laughs> no, my no. God. Like Hellman's really mayonnaise.
1: Did. It's a mayonnaise yeah. brand. Um yeah. The joke yes, went over yes. and then I raised my hand and I was like, <laughs> Whoa,
0: shoot, where did that go? I missed oh, that one.
1: Okay. <laughs> um sorry. Yeah. That, that so do you want to talk about the Hellman? quest because that was a uh, really awesome for me but it was really really kind of crazy on how how that actually transpired and what happened as a result of that did you want to spend much know, time on
0: that or um i mean that might that could be a whole nother topic we may want to hold off on that um okay because just to kind of it it ties into what happens to the tribe it's like there's yeah. a lot of connections to what goes on there so i think we might want to hold off on maybe we can bring that okay. into the next episode or the one after that um, but yeah, there's some like if if we really dig into some of these things, there's some really interesting things that we can have some opinions and thoughts on. Um, totally. Well, here, tell you what, we're we're nearing the middle of the show. Why don't we, why don't we move on to the middle of the show? We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about her from a personality standpoint, uh, and then and then getting to know the the tribe a little bit and kind of doing some of those missions with her because I think there's like. There's the elements of like spending time on the road, being at the the bar, that one scene where you're at with at her, uh, the bar with her. You're at the uh, the bar at the motel or whatever. Mm-hmm. You remember all that stuff? So Let's talk about some of that. Oh, stuff. yeah, totally. Yeah. And then we've got okay. some news at the end of the show. So let's uh, move on to the middle. Here we go. All right, patrons, this is your time to be thanked by us. Thank you for helping to support the show. We really do appreciate your support. And if you are interested in helping to support the show, check out patreon.com slash cyberpunk lore cast for all the different rewards that you can get early episodes, ad free episodes, the ability to join us at the end of every month, which is coming up in just, I believe, two more weeks. We're going to have another end of the month chat with our patrons. And um, thank you to all of all of you. You guys are amazing. And everyone who helps us out either by sharing the show with a friend or leaving a rating and review, all of you guys are amazing as well. Thank you for the support and for your help. And um, we couldn't do without you guys. All right, let's
1: move on to the rest of the show. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. Since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources
0: So when you're going through the missions with Pan Am and you're out on the road, there's that there's this it's the first time in the game where not only are you really out of the city for an extended period of time, you're like out in the desert, you're traveling time passes. There are these like moments where you're waiting for things and you're just having conversations waiting for stuff to happen uh there are nighttime conversations at like the motel which i mentioned before and you're at the bar and then there's hiding out in a you know in a room um there's there's you kind of go on it really genuinely is this little side quest that's very much set up as kind of this i mean it's intimate even if it's not intimate in a romantic sense does that make sense
1: yeah yeah, it's
0: the first time in the game that I felt like you genuinely spent a lot of time with another character other than Jackie. Like you get to know the other characters. Mm-hmm. You meet Judy. You you hang out with Judy for a little bit. You talk with her, then you run off on a mission, right? You meet certain other characters, Takamura, whoever you, you meet them. You talk a little bit. You run out on another, on another mission for this entire section of of the story. It, it's kind of a self-contained bit where you and she in Pan Am are kind of stuck together and like you mentioned, there's a lot of friction initially, and then there's the getting to know each other. And one of the details that I wanted to bring up was in my playthrough, I was um, I, I had the life path of being a nomad. So in the moments where there was the most friction, I had the conversation options of saying things like, yeah, I know what that's like. I've been there. I was part of a, a nomad group, you know, like that kind of stuff. Did you have that?
1: perspective like no it was all street kid from me so like everything that i talked to her about was all just kind of like trying trying to kind of come at her from the the perspective of like i kind of understand where you're coming from and but you still didn't really relate to what she was going through because you never as the street kid you never had like a tribe you never really had like a, a group to kind of lean into. So this whole idea of like excommunication and working towards a, a common goal with the people and being stuck out in the middle of nowhere for so long, it was really, it really was like a fish out of water experience for me, which yeah. I think is what, Pushed me so hard to kind of lean into that romantic. Cause I was like, if anyone is going to save my skin out here, I think Pan <laughs> M's going to be the one to do it. And she's the one that's kind of calling me out here. So I feel like for for whatever reason, she trusts me over having to try and fight with Saul to get stuff done. And in some of the cases, it actually was one of those situations where. It was actually kind of strange because one of the missions, you actually have to go save like Mitch and Saul mm-hmm. in different missions. And I'm like, you have a whole tribe. You really probably could reach out to them. Why are you calling me? Yeah. I'm just a street kid from Night City. Like you barely know me. And it was only because of Rogue. And I guess we just had that one mission, but that was enough to build trust to save the leader of the Aldecados with you. Like I'm I'm well, kind of y- kind of confused about that.
0: Yeah, uh, is it because she's burned all the other bridges?
1: Yeah, maybe. But it, it, so, yes, but it's clear that she's still loved within the community. Right. It's just that right. she's the one that's kind of stepping away from the group. So I don't know if she's necessarily burned all of the bridges. I think there's just kind of bruised egos, mm-hmm. and I feel like that that kind of makes it a, her. Makes it a little bit harder for her to ask the aldecatos, which I guess is kind of why she's hitting you up because she hasn't she hasn't had a fight with you yet, (laughs) right? Which or which is interesting, or maybe
0: the other aldecatos aren't. um, Just because you're part of a nomad tribe doesn't mean you're good at like infiltrating an enemy with weapons and shooting them, you know? Ooh, that's a fair point. That's the other side of it. Like the majority of the tribe probably do you know, mundane, less dangerous things with most of their time and take care of the food or raising the children or, or providing for the, you know, the encampment and fixing things around camp or collecting supplies, you know, like there's a lot of other roles you can play other than being somebody who's, you know, like she and her buddies seem to be the ones who are comfortable with security duty and, you know, like yeah. taking out enemies that are messing with the tribe, but not everybody in the group is going to be able to do that. Um, so yeah there's that sense of it so my perspective on it in my first playthrough was of a female ex nomad which means that the more i got to know her the more i had in common with her not just from the nomad side but also the someone a female a woman who leaves her tribe in order to go do other things so there was like it was kind of this commonality thing which is kind of this cool combination these two badass women on the road Doing what they need to do to get by, helping each other out, finding that they can, you know, they're, they're there for each other when they really need it. But we still didn't agree on everything. There was still that tension. You know, there's still moments where, like, we would argue, like, these two strong willed women who were just like, this is the way we're going to do. And the other one's like, no, we got to do it like this because this is what's going to happen. You're like, OK. And then, like, even when she calls me up later and she's like, hey, Via, I need your help. And like, my response was like, yeah, of course, I'll be there. I'll help you out. And that, and it's, and maybe it's uh, part of how well it's voice acted, but the the relief that comes through of like, oh, good, I'm glad you were going to say that. I was afraid you wouldn't. Like, there was some sort of comment like that she made that made me feel like, like, I don't know, you understand that I have other priorities, just like you have other priorities. But at the same time, we share a certain commonality in history now that means that,
1: yeah, okay, I'm there for you, you know? You talking about this gives me like f- 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 memories of like watching Thelma and Louise. Yeah, it's it's, where, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, which is so different than my playthrough because my playthrough felt so much more like a, a like I, I mentioned earlier where it was like a meet cute where I felt like I was getting set up on a blind date and I didn't realize it maybe there was going to be a little little murder involved and some stealing but you know what what isn't a good date if there isn't murder and stealing yeah, right? night city that's how that, that's how all the sitcoms go <laughs> that's, that's how that goes yeah so um but no i was thinking uh i was thinking it was it was really kind of interesting to try and come at it from that perspective because it's definitely not what came across when I was getting hit up by V. It was very much like, I'm I'm not sure why you're hitting me up for these things, but it seems like it's really important. And because of that, I, I feel like I need to kind of stop what I'm doing, which was really tough because there were a couple, couple missions that I was actually going through that I was like... Oh, I'm right in the middle of this thing with river and it feels really important. I can't just drop everything. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I could probably drop everything. Go hang out. I mean, she's pretty hot. Like no. there's that side of
0: it, right? Like, well, she's hot. Um, which is so funny. It's such a weird human thing of like the shape of a person's face and body can, can sway us to make decisions. Isn't that so weird when you just say it? Yeah. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> It's such a weird thing like why does that carry more weight than other stuff but it, ge- it genuinely does there's a reason we go watch hmm. certain movie stars or like or pick a certain spouse like it's because of the shape of their face and body that's so yeah. weird
1: anyway stupid hormones stupid hormone yeah i blame puberty Yeah, if we didn't have puberty, it wouldn't be an issue.
0: Right, right. We would just like judge people on their merits and their quality of their personality and things like that. Ah. Yeah, imagine a world
1: where we all just like judged each other on things like that instead of the way our faces are shaped. It'd be like (laughs) Star Trek. It'd be amazing. Yeah, we'd have a full federation of people coming together and working in a peaceful manner towards a commonality, just to help enterprise like the 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 learning of of new races and helping them grow and and feel safe <laughs> and not have to worry about klingons and borgs all the time yeah cuz those don't exist hey, here's another what? thought
0: what klingons, klingons and borgs don't actually exist in our reality son of a no coming out right now do they now. <laughs> uh, okay so here's here's another thing one of the wonderful things have you ever been asked the question like if you could be an animal what animal would you be there's a point to this, I'm, I'm, I'll get there. But there's okay. a point to it. Have you ever been asked <laughs> okay. that question? It sometimes it's one of those questions yes. that comes up like in an interview or something. Like if you can be, and it tells you something about your personality. Like if you said like, I'm an eagle, I would be an eagle. It means that like, I'm, you know, I want to fly high and driven and stuff. Well, well, I've answered that question before. And I was like, you know what, I wanna, really want to be a dog because you know what dogs do is every time you give the dog a treat or a toy or the dog gets to go for a walk, it's the best freaking thing ever right (laughs) like a dog is constantly easily excited about the simplest things you know like here's a new here's a treat yes i love treats you know all right we're gonna go for a walk yes i love walks like it's the best thing they're so excited um what if what if we were able to adjust ourselves so that Like physical, the physical appearance of anybody was just as exciting to us as anyone else.
1: (laughs) That would be crazy,
0: right? What a, what a. We're just like, wow, you're really attractive. Wow, you're
1: really attractive. (laughs) Wow, you're really attractive. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that kind of like that's, that is like, I mean, we're getting way out into the weeds here, but <laughs> that is kind of what happens when you meet someone and you don't know them and you may not n- initially be like as attracted to them, but the more uh, you get to know them, the, the more you start like loving their personality yeah. more than what they look like. And that's like, after a while, it doesn't matter what they look like. But like yeah, I,
0: also, I, I think that there's also a thing that happens uh, psychologically where we start to perceive them as being more attractive than we originally did physically. True. Because and of, I think because of that connection, too. yeah, like if you yeah. don't like somebody, if if they haven't like you stop finding them as attractive, like even yeah. though they might have attractive, like th- theoretically, they've, you know, a symmetrical face and, and you know, a athletic yeah. lean body or whatever. Right. But like y- it doesn't matter anymore because you you're so turned off Maybe. by the personality.
1: Maybe that's the secret to us being human: is, is that we we can take those kind of things into account and change our opinions based on new information, as opposed to dogs who are just like everything's awesome. I don't everything's care awesome. You, that's a murder. I don't care. They murdered whoever they want. They're taking me on a walk. I like it. Does it smell? Maybe. Yes, good.
0: <laughs> like that's how
1: dogs. Does it have a smell? Yes. Okay, great.
0: <laughs> like it doesn't matter if it's a good smell yeah. or bad smell. Um. So. Anyway, uh, let's, let's get back I, to Pan I'm Am like here. The, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, that, but that's the way, that's kind of how I feel about Pan Am uh, on, in one perspective is that like, she's, she's obviously, she's not a real person. She's designed right. As a character, she's made to mm-hmm. be very attractive. She's, she's a badass. Um But at the same time, she's very abrasive. Like if you don't yeah, find she, that attractive in somebody, somebody who's headstrong and abrasive, then on some level, it doesn't matter if she's like, very attractive person like you could have a playthrough where you're just like okay I'll do this because I have to but screw you <laughs> you know like doesn't yeah. matter like and I was kind of there was that balance I was kind of on that balance between like yeah I want to help you out because we have these commonalities in our characters like I see where you're coming from but at the same time like you seem like one of those fires that burns so hot that like I don't want to get too close to it because
1: I might get sucked in and burned this, this is a weird, this is a really kind of weird tandem. And I God, I feel like we're just we're just going off on tangents here. But as, as you're talking about it, I started thinking about all of the different characters in cyberpunk. And I'm like, rivers really headstrong he always goes against the grain. He's a very, very aggressive person in the sense that he wants what he wants. Goro knows exactly what he wants. He's very headstrong. and He's very bullish on how he feels about things. Judy is very headstrong. She's not just going to get pushed around about how things are going to be going on with her. Mm-hmm. Same thing with um, uh, Panem. Panem is very headstrong. She's exactly with the, the, the strong type that's going to be pushing to get what she wants. And Carrie is in a very fragile state when you find him, but after a while, after your interaction with him, he becomes is very headstrong and very aggressive and very bullish on how he feels and I'm like these are all really well written strong characters like all of them have exactly what what they have in their mind is, is set on what they're going to do and you coming into their life reassures them of that and it is extremely satisfying as a as a human being to feel like you've improved someone's life and given them uh the security or the the purpose that they were hoping for you know like they were on the edge they were kind of like you know i know i should do this but i don't know if i should commit to it and you come into that and you reassure them that that's the right thing to do and it's like that's the that's the the switch that that hits uh, that flicks on, that turns them onto the idea that they can do whatever they want and you've enabled their their uh, confidence. Mm. And that is a really interesting thing to convey through a game. Yeah, And I think that's why they are so interesting as romanceable characters. But specifically with Panem, a lot of my playthrough was reassuring her that she is doing the right thing for the tribe and you are going to support her in that And I really love the idea that 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 is what your goal is in this world, like your last six months of living, your last however long you're going to be living is going around making the people who are just about to give up uh, commit to what they want and to help them get that. That's such a weird way to play through this game, Mm -hmm. considering you have an end game goal is to save your own skin. (laughs) Right, right. But That's it's how games work, you know, but, but it
0: is, it is a noble thing to not just like in a game where you really should be worried about yourself mostly to actually yeah. find that you are helping other characters as well. Um, the, uh, so Thana toasted in chat says, I mean, in the cyberpunk universe, you kind of have to be strong or you get dead. I have the same thought. It's this world is kind of an evolutionary bottleneck. Um, Meaning yeah. that it is so dangerous. It is so precarious and it will chew you up and spit you out that only the strong survive. Only the strong willed will make it. Um, and if you were to come across a character that wasn't like that, that would be, and was getting things done. It would be a little bit odd. Um, true. So, but it, so it does make sense that that's how all all these people are. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, I think the more we dig into these characters like and I love doing character studies like this. I love looking at characters and how they how they work out. I do this with a lot of the other lore casts. Um, but you you get a real sense of why they are the way they are and how, how they connect into the world and how all the things work together um, and your own decisions based around those things. Uh, It gives you a real sense of like either the character you're role playing or you as a person. Like, how do you respond to dealing with people like this? You know, like, yeah, do you make those decisions? And I think that's actually a really interesting question that I would pose everybody out there is when you play a game like cyberpunk and you make decisions, do you make decisions based on what you would actually do in that situation? Do you make decisions based on what you think is the right thing to do, but you may not actually do it? Because I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. we would do this. We make the decision for the thing that we think is ultimately right. But it would be very difficult to actually make ourselves go do in the real world. Yeah. It's easier to do in a video game than it is in the real world. Or do you role play as a character and then stay true to that character and what that character would do in that world? You know, and that that can give you a very different perspective of uh, all of these things because your perspective of a character is going to be, affected by the lens you're viewing that character through, just like you and I were having the discussion about you were a male, uh, street kid and I was a female nomad. And that changes our perspective of the person that we're interacting with. I think that's all really, really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It, it's, it really kind of comes down to how good can you, or how well can you commit to a character if you're going to play through that? Uh, cause yeah, it's, there were certain times in the game where I was making choices based on options that I was given that I didn't personally agree with that. I felt like if I didn't take, I don't feel like I would have gotten the experience that I wanted to, to understand, like, what, what way was this path going to go down? Like, was it going to be as bad as I think it is mm. ultimately it was, but at least I had that experience, but it was really hard to commit to making those choices. Um, which is why it's so interesting when you come across games where they give you those choices. And I think cyberpunk does a, a great job of masking those behind, uh, just casual, not casual, but you know, well thought out dialogue as opposed to like, this is the good answer. This is the bad answer. Right. Uh, right. it really just gives you options and lets you decide like, how do you want to approach it? And where's your morality at the moment?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, with with panem <laughs> um i feel like we really haven't gotten into too much of the romance aspect of it uh yeah why don't for- why don't you why don't you talk through that
0: part because that obviously was something your character could have played through that mine didn't how did you feel about that?
1: Yeah. I so this was this was an interesting thing. I, I through my first playthrough, I went and romanced through uh, for with Panem. And uh, if you if you have been listening to the show for a while, you know I don't have a whole lot of experience with games that actually offer romance options. So this was one where I was like, this feels like they've done a good job with it. I want to commit to it. I want to see uh, how this goes. And I was very surprised when playing through about how how dejected I felt through a lot of those options. So if you, if you're going to romance pan M, you really have to be okay with rejection, which is tough. I don't think anyone deals with rejection, especially constant rejection. Uh, A lot of people tend to kind of give up after a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, but you really have to be committed if you want to romance Panem. And I kind of appreciate that because it shows it shows that type of commitment and loyalty to a cause that I think is what is at the heart of who Panem is as a person. Um, I think her loyalty and her dedication to helping the Eldicados, even at the expense of her own comfortable nature uh, is is what really speaks well about her. Mm. So there were a lot of times where like after the first quest you, you meet up with her and then afterwards you go to uh, the ghost town um, motel and you, you end up uh, actually, I don't know if it was the ghost town. I think it's like the blue moon or something. I can't quite remember, but you go there and it starts off asking uh, about how, you want to spend the night there because there's a storm moving in. You, you, you want to just get some sleep. So they ask like, do you want to have a, a single room and there's twin beds? So you both agree. And that kind of kicks it off, but nothing happens as a result of it. It feels like it's very much just like a, this is just a more convenient thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then Time passes by, and then that's when you actually have to start going into learning more about the the actual tribe people uh, or the the nomad clan that's actually there. And I think that was actually the part where I was like, I started to see the softer side of her. Mm. Um, it was a little little less murder, a little less getting my truck back, and a little more like <laughs> a little less ocean. murder, <laughs> a little less murder. You know, there still should be some murder in any romance. Let's be, let's be you know, right. murder murder and stealing things. Come on. It's a good day. <laughs> but getting, getting to meet up with her, uh, and, and feeling that earnestness in her desire to save her, her Aldecado friends who she even, you know, it's clear she's not like in the good with her clan, but she still wants to help them. She still wants to save their lives and she still cares about them. And seeing that you kind of just, you're like, oh man, she does have a heart. She does care about how things are going (laughs) to go. Um, even if it means like having to have an out, all in out fight with Saul which is a whole nother thing. Uh, But every time we went on a mission, it was so interesting because there was always touching moments. Like the game always took a moment to give you a, a breath and to let you kind of resolve on what what actually happened you know like you 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 break into this place and you you save Mitch and you save Saul uh you know you go through a storm you you steal a, a basilisk tank mm-hmm. uh and in each time afterwards either the night before or the night after there's always kind of that moment where you just kind of get to hang out with Panem and that was one of those weird things where it was like yeah it's not like movie night it's not like Going out and, you know, going to a show or something like that or having dinner, but it was like a, a time where I didn't I didn't really notice that with too many other romance options. Um, Carrie <laughs> and River had a couple moments like that, but I feel like Pan M was afforded the most number of times. And I and I kind of wonder if design-wise that was because of one of the endings for the game and how it so closely ties to your relationship with the Aldicados but yeah I don't know if you had uh had had any feelings on that or if I you want me to keep moving on um I I think that makes sense though uh she I mean she is the one of the most tied to the ending of
0: the game or at least an, mm -hmm. an ending of the game so yeah that that makes sense I think
1: yeah so a lot of the times that you interact with her you'll you'll say the thing that you think is the right thing to say which if if you have any kind of history with hitting on people that you should be good just go with your instinct on that I, okay. if, you, if you don't there's guys out there so don't worry <laughs> the, google google uh, hitting on people <laughs> yeah, yeah if you have trouble with the ladies there are ign wikis out there for you right um so but but uh yeah if you talk to her and you show interest uh she tends to reject you a lot and i remember i was talking to my buddy and i'm gonna call him out blake uh who doesn't <laughs> (laughs) listen to this, but it's okay. But, uh, I was talking to him when he was playing through it and I was, I was going down the same path that he was, he and I were both romancing Panem. And he was like, dude, I don't know, man, I think I screwed this up. And I'm like, what's going on? he's like, well, she keeps rejecting me. And I'm like, no, yeah, that's, that's fine. And he's like, yeah, but she's rejecting me. And I'm like, no, that's how she is. She doesn't want to get connected. She's not trying to get Uh invested. She has a bigger goal in mind. She doesn't want to be tied down by a relationship. It's a distraction right now. And he's like, "Okay," and I'm like, "Trust me. You just got to go with it. You just got to be. You got to. You got to be aggressive. You got to be as aggressive as she would be if she wanted to be with someone and they kept rejecting her. She would. She would. I feel like at least. She would act the same exact way.
0: Man, it is such a tricky thing. But just to just yeah. jump in here real quick like these kinds of cues in figuring out relationships is a very very tricky thing because mm-hmm. there are personalities that want you to be absolutely insistent and to be there and to keep pressing and keep pressing and keep pressing in order to win them over and there are personalities out there who don't want none of that they want to tell you yeah. no once, and if it's more than that you are harassing them and these things are very yeah. difficult to feel out because we're human beings and we're complex. And, and I, I can see why your buddy would have been confused by this because, you know, like, well, she said no. Okay. Like, yeah. right, and it's time for, <laughs> time for me to move on.
1: It totally is. And, and it's interesting because as you go along, the, the game gives you opportunities to test it further. And I I love that it's not just like a one, a one test kind of option. Like there this is multiple choice. You could pick A or B. Like you can touch her thigh mm-hmm. on two options and say two totally different things, but only one of those is actually going to be the right thing to say if you're trying to romance her. And I'm like, I appreciate that because you can be in that moment and be reading someone, act on it and still screw it up. Oh yeah, totally. And I'm like, that is good writing. Right. That is Right. Excellent. Writing. And this is and this is it's, why life
0: lesson. This is why it's best to do the thing that you would naturally do and not try to be someone else. Or look up a wiki guide, or look and don't look up a wiki guide. <laughs> do the thing that you naturally do, because if you're forcing yourself to do things you wouldn't do, then it, you obviously don't make sense with the other person. Like like that is a clear True. sign there that like if you are having to jump through hoops in order to get them, you're, you're being somebody other than yourself. Like do what would yeah. be be your freaking self. If you would, in that yeah. situation, if you felt that you, that you had the, the sense that uh, touching their leg right there and saying this kind of thing made sense, then go with it. <laughs> Cause that is, is going to work in it or it's not. And if it doesn't work, that's probably for the right reasons.
1: <laughs> you know, that's a That is a, that is a mucky, a mucky swamp to have to navigate oh, to because yeah. what you think is the right thing to say and do, is not necessarily what they think is the right thing to say or do. And you really have to study human beings to kind of pick up on those subtle tells so because tricky. a lot of it is just so subtle. And you know, what's, It doesn't. Oh man.
0: Sorry. I, I'm jumping on top of you, but do it, do it. Um, Go. <laughs> you know, it's really what cringy. Uh, just a side note here. Uh, Cause I feel like we're getting kind of to the end of this whole relationship conversation anyway. <laughs> um, side note here, rewatching the empire strikes back and the scene with, Uh, with um, uh, Leia and and uh, no, not the kissing scene, Han okay, uh, pursuing Leia and like cornering her and being like, "Uh, Oh, yeah, you like me, don't you? You like me, (laughs) don't you? And that, like, that almost forced kiss, like, yeah, that may have tracked in 1970 something or 1981 or whatever year that that was filmed. Um, but like today, not at all, (laughs) like, that's. Like you, that's like, unless yeah, first, unless there's that feeling that like underneath it all, that person's still telling you, yes, but you can't go with that. Like, don't, don't go with that because like, they might not actually be saying that you're, maybe you're seeing things you want to see that aren't actually there. It's better to just take the no and just go with the no. Like it's, it's so tricky.
1: I think that's a, oh God. Damn, dude, that was a really good analogy. Cause yeah, Han feels like male V in this instance, and mm-hmm. Leia feels like Pan M. Right. Pan M has a very save Alderon, defeat the Empire right. goal in this right. instance. Like she's, and de- Han she's is clearly
0: like, denying her own feelings. Han clearly is picking up on those feelings, but she's trying to deny them because she feels like there's something more important that she needs to be doing than being in a relationship, right? That's yep. the whole situation. And so just because that Han is really picking it. up on that doesn't mean, and, and, and this is the real world aspect of it. Just because you think you're picking up the, on that with somebody, it doesn't mean you are right. Yeah. And so, so pressing for that is almost never the right thing to do. But anyway, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and for those of you uh, with your bingo sheets, you do get the check <laughs> checkbox for the star Wars reference in star the podcast. W- right. Star Wars reference. There so, you go. Good it's job right there. Uh, we also had the star Trek too. So make sure you get that free square. Um, with this, uh, so I went through the entire thing. I wanted to touch on the the actual sex scene that was in that, um, not mm-hmm. graphically, but I wanted to touch on the thing that I thought was really interesting about this. So, I I thought it was really surprising um, that everything happens. Like I, I don't know who the writer was for this, but I have to say, whoever came up with the idea to have the Aldecado uh, romance person who. Obviously the Alicados, the nomads really love their vehicles, but to have like a tank as the thing that you have, like the backseat, like love scene in (laughs) Uh like chef's kids thematically works. Right it so thematically works like you're out in the middle of the desert at night and you're sitting there like it is totally like hey you got this big badass vehicle of course you're going to want to have you know sex in there and <laughs> but and of course it's going to be cyberpunk so of course you're jacked into the tank and you two are like sharing each other's feelings and it's like well, that is the most cyberpunk nomad thing I think I've ever seen before. That was like spot on. That was like yeah. friggin' freaking genius. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love that it's like it's their tank uh, at that point. And it's like going out in and finding a, a quiet ledge out in the middle of nowhere to get away from everyone to have a private moment. But that was really surprising to me. I, I was not expecting that uh, when, when I actually was playing through it. So when when you actually have um, these characters kind of interacting with each other, I will say that it is really, really weird when (laughs) the game doesn't load in your hair or half of your clothes and you're just <laughs> you're looking at two weird models like two animated models like animating towards each other and I'm like this is this is so weird but yeah. it's hard not to get caught up in the moment when you're just like oh this is so this is exactly what it should be like it's the perfect first time kind of situation you know I've got this badass tank with two badass people and they're both like jacking into each other's emotions and it's like yeah this is straight out of Avatar like they just connected up to the tree and and they're, they're shaking sharing each other's feelings and stuff. And next thing you know, they're going to wake up and there's going to be a big thing, pushing down a whole bunch of trees and trying to level the forest. And you have to run around and, and smash blue. cameras. Why am I and right. they're blue? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah. Um, definitely like one of the times where uh, I'm hoping that as I play through my female uh, nomad, that I will, I will probably pick up the, uh, the river relationship next and play through that to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to do the Goro one or, and I definitely won't be able to do the, the carry one, but I'm, I'm interested to see how the river one plays out. Cause it seems like it'll be a little more subtle. Um, but I did really, I did really appreciate just how they went with the uh, with the actual Pan Am one. I haven't done the Judy one though, so I don't know how that goes either. But mm. um, at some point, I'll probably see if I can. Oh, yeah, I can do that one. So, yeah. But overall, uh, the romance with Pan Am was really well done. I, I, I appreciated that they stuck true to the characters and the theming. And I just, I, I was really impressed uh, just kind of playing through it, thinking, like, man, they kind of nailed that it it works really really well like if you think about who the Aldecados are who uh penem is how it all kind of goes on or how how it all kind of plays out it's like yeah they did a really good job writing it and and just kind of again testament like last week testament to the to the characters that they built for this game because i think that's the thing that really really hits when people actually play through that as opposed to just mainlining the story
0: mm. well said I don't have much to add to that, but uh, but yeah, that sounds sounds good.
1: <laughs> well, we did we did get that article that I wanted to yes. to jump into because yeah, we did so, see someone who finally got to experience the game after right so, bashing it.
0: Yeah, well, I want to touch, touch on. I've been you know looking for news. There's not a whole lot of news this last week, but there is an article by the Washington Post, uh, Gene Park from the Washington Post, who initially did a review of the game early on when it first came out. And I'm not going to read through the whole article. Uh, you guys can look it up if you want, but the the main concept of this can be summed up in like the second paragraph, which says in my review, I called the game an intoxicate intoxicating virtual reality after about 19 hours with it, focusing on only on the main story missions, but 19 hours was not enough time. I've completed the entire game three times. In a total of 150 hours, I now regret submitting an incomplete review that focused only on the critical story path. I wish I had the chance to test the game's boundaries as an open world experience. So we're at the uh, the point in the life of this game where we're not going to have the next patch yet. That's still a little ways off. But the people who left the initial reviews are now having the opportunity to actually spend time with it and give a more well-rounded perspective on it. So... What are your thoughts on this, Logan?
1: I think it really is kind of that I I feel like the the game's media ebbs and flows. And I really I wish that people gave reviews a month after the game had actually been released. Yeah. Uh, I hate that, that games live and die off of the, off of the launch because there's so many games that nowadays, because we have the ability to patch these things, because we have the ability to add content later, it's not the same paradigm that we had back when we were loading in carts into our N64 or our CDs into our PlayStation. Like this is a totally different paradigm. And when you actually sit down and give things the time that they need, and allow them to breathe, give them a chance to to really kind of explore it instead of like, what's the next game that's coming out? Well, we got this game, we're going to do a review for a couple of weeks, we're going to give our impressions, but it's not launched, so it's not done. So we're going to base it off of that. It's like, ah, you know, I really wish that people had a chance to play through this game because I think the thing that people know who were looking forward to this, who sat down and ignored the 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 technical aspects of it and looked at it for what type of game it was and the 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 actual story that it actually has Mm -hmm. not even with any kind of actual updates to the to the story but just the the pure story that's built into the game I think everyone generally agrees that the game is really well told uh, for the stories that they offer. the The failings are in the things that they that they said they wanted to bring that didn't make the cut, and the time that they had to make sure that the game was in a in a polished state. I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now, and you can tell Sucker Punch had a lot of time to polish that game. They only had to make it for one hardware set so they didn't have to worry about porting it to six different ecosystems and you can tell you can tell that that story is really well told and the game plays exceptionally well. There's very few hiccups and it is no different to me in an open world sense than cyberpunk. The difference being is, is that cyberpunk is trying to appease, they're trying to feed too many mouths mm-hmm. and all these mouths are taking two bites, looking at it and saying, I don't like vegetables. Where's the pizza? <laughs> and it's like uh-huh. the, p- the pizza is under the pineapple. You just got to eat both at the same time. <laughs> just get through the pineapple. So, but that I'm glad that we're starting to see some of these stories come out. I think you and I can both agree that we knew these stories would come out. It may take a year and some patches, but I, I think that what cyberpunk has and you said it well in the discord chat which if anyone's listening and you're not in the discord Discord (laughs) chat you need to be in the discord chat about this uh cyberpunk has has the bones for a really good game they just have to learn how to finish making the game and yeah when you get to that point where the the cars play well the physics work well the interactions with things are set up and they they get all of the the ai set up the way that people expect it based on the current state of other open world games, I think this game is going to be everything that they thought it would be at launch and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm just looking forward to reading more of these articles where people are like, yeah, I spent 150 hours with it. It's a, it's a damn good game. It's a really, really good game. You should play it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to, to kind of sum this up for, for the article, uh, the, the final paragraph gives a really good, Summary, I guess you could say three months out from the game's release. It's safe to say that the legacy of cyberpunk 2077 is tainted being that our hopes and dreams didn't all get met. And there were difficulties with the you know, the way the game performed. Um, there are good adventures and narratives awaiting players across cyberpunks, futuristic, landscapes. They're just buried in underneath a glut of features that never crystallize and promises that failed to materialize. And that's and that's the truth is that like the stories are good. There's um, this article even goes in and talks about like for a for a development studio that has always done third person games to do a first person shooter. Um, it's amazing that the the gunplay feels so well, well done, like the gunplay is awesome. Like there are things in this game that are really, really good. It's just it's not complete. Like it's the performance isn't there. There are aspects that are just missing. And like, you know, to what you were saying, we don't live in a time where you ship a CD or a cartridge. And that version of the game is the final version of the game. And it's all it will ever be. This game, six months, a year from now will be a different game. It's going to continue to get patched and updated. Um, That like the legacy of it will be that it launched too early. And all those things weren't there at launch, but the version of the game will get to play. A year, two years from now could be very, very different. So we're just going to have yeah. to see, you know, but even with all the difficulties there is the, the bones are good. The foundation for yeah. what they're making is good. They just need to fix the stuff that isn't.
1: Yeah. and And that's the nice thing about this being a company that self publishes is we know that they, they have the means to do it they have the time to do it. It's just a, it's, it's just a matter of us sitting back and being patient and trusting that, you know, based on how we appreciate games like the Witcher, this will be one of those games that we appreciate in the future when there is that, you know, definitive edition coming to switch pro in three years. And everyone's just like, Oh God, finally, all I want to do is play this portably kind of thing. And, It'll be, it'll be nice to get to that point, but at least, you know, if people get to a point say in like a year when they're, when they're playing it and it's a great state, this podcast will at least be there to be like, Hey, you know, these are, this was a really great game even to start with. Um, but you know, here are all these great things that you can learn about this now that you're getting into the, in, into the, 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 waters with it. Now you're actually getting deep into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's good that some of these reviews are coming around and seeing things a little bit differently. And, you know, we're still waiting for that that next patch and to find out what the DLC is going to be. Like we discussed last week, I have a feeling that the stories are going to be interesting and well written because that's what they've been doing. That's the pedigree. I don't I don't see that part changing. Hopefully some of the mechanics and the, the bugs and things will continue to improve um but that's it there's not a whole lot of other news out there uh there's a few little things about like elon musk must be playing the game because he made a comment about the the vehicles in cyberpunk 27 7 would be all automated and electric by now like okay great he does have a point i mean he's got a point but, uh, but it. it's like is this is this newsworthy i mean you, you know Actually, the 24-hour news cycle is crazy it's nuts because of the whole like let's turn that into an article
1: yeah, okay. yeah, although I do have to say that um, it's clear that he's just playing the game and not digging into the lore because we've already covered biochem in a couple of ways is how they've been able to right. efficiently produce right. uh, cl- clean fuel for vehicles and that's what they're running on and not electricity. Yeah, but so. wouldn't, you, wouldn't you totally expect the guy who
0: has his, you know makes a car company full of a bunch of electric vehicles looking at the future to comment on a game about the future <laughs> you with know, like, a bunch of vehicles? <laughs> it seems like
1: a no-brainer it's like well he hasn't done this already (laughs) you know like yeah um tell you what elon i I appreciate that you're listening to this one specific episode but (laughs) come back when you actually make a flying vehicle okay bro yeah flying cars hover cars where are hover
0: cars I cars, i was told in the 80s when i watched back to the future 2 At school, I was told, but one of our teachers had a a magazine. It was like uh, Popular Mechanics or something. And there was an article in there that was like, we will have hover cars by the year 1999. And I was like, "Yeah, that's really cool. That's that's not that far away. You know, like I will be able to have a hover car as an adult. And you know what? Still don't have them. Still don't have them.
1: Look at this. Elon Musk going around being like, hey guys, I I don't know about you guys, but I made electric cars popular. It's like, cool. Come back when you have flying vehicles. We watched Back to the Future too. They're (laughs) way better than electric cars. Find out where Mr. Fusion is and work on that next man. Right. Mr. I want to go to Mars. Right. Please. Yeah. They traveled
0: 30 years in the future from 1985 to 19 to 2015. Seriously.
1: It's three years after that. We still don't have flying cars. I dare him to he'll, he'll go on Joe Rogan he won't come on our show. I dare I dare him yeah. come explain to me why flying vehicles aren't a thing yet. <laughs> come Mr. Tell us. Musk. Mr. Mr. Musk. M- Musk.
0: Musky Muskerson. Call yeah. him Musky Musk. That's what I call him God. in our home. called Musky.
1: Just musky. Call him musky.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, wow, that went off the rails. All right. Well, thanks, Logan, for hanging out and talking a lot about about Pan Am and, of course, all the other things that we always discuss. Thank you, Chad, for being here. Do you have anything cool to share before we go out? Before we head out Um, into the cyberpunk world, into Night City?
1: oh man now that you bring it up uh not gonna lie the uh sea of thieves realm is coming up on the third anniversary march 20th there is a ton of stuff if you have xbox game pass or you're into comics or you uh like twitch drops uh if you want gear or equipment free stuff uh sea of thieves i do. come in starting on the on the 18th so that's Ooh. that's starting the 18th start logging into sea of thieves start watching uh sea of thieves partnered streamers you can always find out who they are on the cth website um lots of free cosmetics coming in the next uh the this next week so yeah that'll be fun plus we're kicking off um season two in april so there's still some time to to get some free gold and cosmetics and all that good jazz coming in uh on this last season so uh big exciting things coming for sea of thieves that I'm looking forward to to talking more about over on keelhauled. Uh, if you guys want to find out more about that, head over to the discord on robots radio and make sure you check out the keelhauled, uh, discord channel. Just hit me up. If you have questions, concerns, comments, if you want to hear about me talking more smack to Elon Musk, you can always hit me up on Twitter (laughs) at C A P T underscore L O G U N. Come at me, Musk. That's all I do. I want my flying vehicle. All I do is
0: at Elon Musk with witty comebacks about vehicles. Um, where's my av what if you I don't had a, it. what if you made a twitter account that's, that's all you did was just respond to elon musk musk every day every day every day that's Any all, time it, every you time he tweets it was you just respond that's the only thing that's my av bro yeah that's it that's it um <laughs> awesome i'm gonna well, do that we've been playing a lot of sea of thieves over on our streams during the day uh, on friday uh toasty and so thana toasty, we call them toasty um and me and some other friends were streaming and Got lots of gold. It was awesome. We're, the No Pants Pirates crew is great. We are super good at that game. Let me tell you, uh, we're so we're so good at it. That at the end of the stream, they threw me in the brig and then burned the ship down. So that was fun. Um, That's okay. But other than that, uh, I've been I've been doing my normal stuff. Oh, I've got big news though. I've got big news. I've got a new oh. show coming. Uh, me and friend of the show, Kung Fu Kangaroo um is uh or a fr- friend of our shows my shows uh we've we're, we're joining forces he's a big mass effect fan knows a ton about Ooh. mass effect i've played through those games as well we're gonna do a mass effect lore cast oh that's cool yeah and we're gonna I do, do it to right after this episode maybe starting next week so it'll be a sunday nice. night double header we'll do cyberpunk and then mass effect and uh, it'll be out there, of course, on all the all the podcast feeds for you to download and listen to. Uh, the videos will go up on YouTube, just like all the regular YouTube videos we do. And, of course, we'll stream it here live. So it's going to be great because Mass Effect has a lot of really cool moral decisions yeah. and a lot of cool lore about the universe and the way that stuff works. And the uh, the remake, the uh, well, the it's not a remake, definitive, but the, a definitive yeah. edition or whatever, whatever, whatever they call it. The, we're putting it out for the new consoles and making it look shiny and nice again. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, huh. in just like a month or two so um it might be time yeah. to jump back through and play those games too
1: that's cool yeah i never got to play through the first one i only ever played through the second oh one really and i never i never touched the third one and i i'm i'm dying to get into that definitive edition because i want to play like with the updated stuff so yeah heck, heck yeah i'm going to be jumping on that podcast yeah. you kidding
0: me i, that's, I might that's do that's gonna be good. i might do another playthrough of that i'm also really really playing with the idea um the Cyber, I'm sorry, this is the Cyberpunk Lorecast, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. On occasion, I will take some of the uh role play streams that I've done and turn them into episodes that end up being these like bonus episodes in between the other episodes. We've talked about this before. The mm-hmm. adventures of Captain Robots, and I'll, you know, talk with the NPCs and I'll go through the world and do stuff. I'm thinking about taking that concept and making that its own podcast feed and playing through different games as they come out or as I revisit them or whatever. Um so uh, so Thanatos said, "Let me know when you set up your Patreon, Tom. Mass Effect is awesome. You will you will be aware. We will let you know. Um, but I'm glad there's already some excitement for this. But I'm thinking about doing a it's just, some, it's just something funny like Tom role plays games as a podcast feed, mm. just something like that. And if you guys are interested in you know just listening to me play games, and you can go there and listen to me play games. It might be fun. Um, it would be a reason to play replay through those games, games like Mass Effect." and play through them, and then you guys can listen to the playthroughs, or I can put them up on YouTube, or whatever. Um, so it might be fun. Fun times I can also do it on stream. You yeah. guys can come hang out as I play through the games. So More fun ideas, you know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, that's that's what I got going this, this week. And um, thanks everybody for being here, for listening, and for helping to support the show, and, and all the little ways that you guys help out. We really do appreciate it. And uh, until next time, Captain Logan, stay safe in Night City. You do that. Be good, everybody. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Have a good one. See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network. Smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey friends, this is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple of months, with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step through the background of the games and the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcast, reader, podcatcher whatever you use itunes spotify again that's the fallout lorecast and the elder scrolls lorecast available everywhere
1: looking for an rpg podcast that isn't just DD? roll to cast is the answer no, no wait sorry what games have we played so far well we've done cyberpunk 2020 what does it mean to have a voice. And there's gonna
0: be something big coming, Chumba.
1: Hey, if you're listening, I won, I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words. He's gonna grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch Movement. First, oh. out of your chair. Your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. I told you I had it. Yes. Oh, we all got the crooks going. I love it all so right, much. Right there. The screechy child. Roll to Cast. R O L E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. <laughs> Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcasts. You can support us on
0: Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to Cast. R O L E.
1: Come discover a new world.
0: Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, podcast about all things Legend of Zelda. From Ariel to Zora and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about The Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on The Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts.
1: We hope to see you soon.